Love what God's doing. We're, uh, as Danielle said, we're in this theme that's called Inside Out. And the, the whole concept of it is we're in a world that's obsessed with the externals, we're a world that's obsessed with how we look and, and how we're perceived by everybody else. God is more interested in our heart. He's more interested in the inside. And you'll find that if you want your life to transform and to be changed, that the way God does it is He changes us on the inside and it works its way out. And so the, today, the message that I'm going to um, preach is a part two of a message that I began two weeks ago. Last week we had Mike Connell speaking about the heart. Two weeks ago I, called, I did a message called The Comparison Trap. And today I want to speak about your new selfie image. Your new selfie image. Give me a wave today if you're a bit of a selfie addict. You like, to, you, know, you like to take a photo of yourself and put it up on some sort of social... Don't be ashamed. I'm not going to out you at all. I know there are some of us here. I'm going to say three times a week a photo of yourself on social media puts you into the, that sort of zone. Who's like that? Give me a wave. Who's like that? Okay, we've got some. It's okay. Don't be... No, no. You know what? I, I've read some stats uh, around the world today. Every day on an Android phone, 93 million people post a, sof a selfie every day on an Android phone, okay? Uh, they, it's estimated that millennials will post an, an average of a one selfie a day for their life. Yeah, I know some people who have raised that average just by their own selfies that they're doing. So, that, you know, they're seven a day, etc., etc. Uh, now, here's the thing. Often we can look at it and go, oh, their life's perfect and all together. 68% of people admit to editing their selfie to make their life look better, to make that, that, yeah, the, the skin just look that little bit nicer, to whatever it might be, some actually changing shape, editing the photo. And so that's not fair. And today I want to talk about your selfie image. I, I, I take selfies every now and then, not good ones, uh, but I try and take selfies. I did, my, my favorite football team came to visit Mooloola Bar for training for a week, and I was out for coffee uh, one morning, and a couple of the players from my team were over at the coffee table, and so I thought, great moment to get a photo so that I can send to my sons and say, hey, these stars are here, and I'm at a table nearby. I went and said hello. So I grabbed my phone. I thought, rather than being really obvious and taking a photo, I'll pretend I'm taking a selfie but I'll be getting them. So I did that, except I didn't turn the sound off. And this bit went click, and everyone's like, looked over there, and oh, whoops, busted. Busted, yeah, stalker, stalker. That's a whole other message. We won't preach about that today. But uh, we had a look at some, some great selfies from around the world. Let me just show you a few of them. Uh, the, the first one is a daredevil guy, an adventurer who climbs tall things, and there he is. Uh, don't do this at home. But climbing something super tall, taking your big photo down. So we don't recommend that, all right? The next one, let's have a look at this. The next one is a guy who's running with the bulls, but he's taking a selfie. I mean, I mean, the reality in the world is today, lots of people think if I didn't capture it on by my phone, it didn't really happen. And so this, this is what's going on. I'm not sure if he's taking a selfie or if he's FaceTiming or whatever. It may well be his last selfie for quite a while by the looks of that photo, all right? Uh, here's the next one. Here's the last one. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a little selfie. Uh, I'm not sure that that's a selfie, but that's been crashed in by a little seal friend. And uh, he's, he's photobombing the penguin shot. Uh, I know when I saw that, I instantly thought of some people who would be do just like that little seal. Oh, uh, yeah, my, my oldest son would be just like that seal, photobombing. Uh, not so much smiling, though, but that's how it works. 
That's how it works. So I'm going to talk about your new selfie image. Let me just recap what we talked about with the comparison trap. The comparison trap two weeks ago, I preached around this and, and recognizing that in our social media rich world, and this is not a new phenomenon, but it's, I would say it's been accentuated uh, in the last decade or so. It's so easy to compare my ordinary life with somebody else's highlight moment and begin to feel inferior or insecure. And if we're not careful before too long, and it doesn't happen to be social media, it can just be our neighbors or anything, we can look at people and go, your life is awesome and my life sucks and I'm inferior and I'm not keeping up with the Joneses or whatever the case might be. And if I'm not careful, that, that comparison can lead me into a very dangerous place. Not just, not just leaving me feeling bad emotionally, but there's actually a spiritual phenomena that gets opened up if we open our hearts up too much to unhealthy comparison. Unhealthy comparison, what can happen if I start looking at that person, their life's amazing, and I'm actually, well, I'm not that good at all. I, like it can start with my, my life is not good like their life, but then it can become I'm not that good. And that's, that actually becomes a sin. That sin becomes a sin of rejecting God and the way He's created and designed me. That sin of rejection is dangerous. It can also add to other sins, and that sin can be a sin of unbelief. God's got this amazing future for you. He's got this amazing future for, for all of us. But when we, if we get locked into looking at somebody else, looking at their life, we can start to think, well, my life's not going to amount to anything, and we can get trapped in the sin of unbelief. And here's the crazy thing about co comparison. Uh, the, my revelation around this is that, that comparison is not just an unhealthy emotional practice, but it leads to sin. And this is what happens with sin. And if you remember, I, I had a, a door on stage and I was opening the door. Uh, sin that's unrepentant is essentially opening the door for the devil to come in and torment me in my life unrepentant sin essentially the devil can get into our world and torment us evil spirits uh, through three different ways one through sin and we open the door and he has got a legal right to come in and torment us the second is through un uh, ignorance we actually just don't realize that we're being spiritually attacked so we don't do anything about it and the third thing is apathy the, the devil is attacking us something's going on in our life and we just don't stand up and resist and fight and push back and so people's lives will be dominated if they're unaware and so sin gives the devil a legal right to come into our world so what we if we want to start to change that torment if you're a person who gets tormented with anxious thoughts and worrisome thoughts and inferior thoughts and insecure thoughts about who you are it can become so debilitating for people that they can sometimes not even leave their home because self-hatred gets so deep and it started with this comparison trap and God wants to set us free from the comparison trap the way we do it first is we repent and say God I'm sorry for rejecting the way you've made me we close the door sorry for my unbelief okay that closes the door on the devil that's re that's repenting then we rebuke him out of our life we take authority and say well now you've got no right so in the name of Jesus get out of my life instantly some freedom will come you'll feel differently and then the third thing is because he's been harassing you and used to hanging around in that area for a long time we've 
we've got to now start to resist the devil. And sometimes that means every day getting up and saying, you know what, I'm just resisting rejection coming into my life. I'm resisting inferiority coming into my life. It might be a week, it might be a month, it might be six months or 12 months, but eventually if you resist him, he will flee each time and you'll walk into a total freedom in your life. That's resisting him. So that's, that's the spiritual component of, of getting free out of that comparison trap. I want to take us to the next part of that, and that's renewing our mind so that we get a new self-image, a new image. We begin to think differently about ourselves, and this is how God, He transforms us spiritually. He transforms us in our heart, releasing pain, all sorts of things as our heart gets renewed, but He needs to transform our mind. Listen to what the Bible says about this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His life. Be inwardly transformed. The New King James says it like this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If your mind gets renewed, it will work its way out into all of your life. The habits that we have, the the actions that we do, the feelings that we have are so linked to the thoughts that we have and transformation comes not by trying to conform to an external standard, but letting our mind catch up with what God has done and is doing in our life and change our thinking. Uh, for, if, if you've ever been to a circus, you may have seen some large elephants standing calmly around the outside of the circus. And one of the things that elephant trainers will do uh, in the early days of, of developing elephants is they'll get a baby elephant, they'll put a, a, chainer, a, a, a chain around its leg, and they'll drive a stake into the ground very strong, and that baby elephant will be um, chained to that stake, and it will try and pull away. It doesn't have enough strength, and the stake's deep in the ground, and so it won't be able to get away it will try it for a week and and for a month and eventually it will give up trying to pull away and realize that it can only move uh, the length of the of the of the chain around the stake now as that elephant grows up it's now been programmed in its mind that it can't move further than that distance from the from the stake so what will happen as it grows up they just actually take the chain off they leave that thing around its leg. They leave the stake in the ground for a little while. And it's been mentally trained that I can't move away from that. So as an elephant goes to full grown with enough strength that it could pull the stake out of the ground if it was there, it won't even try because mentally it's like I'm locked in. Its actions are limited by its thoughts. And you and I have been told certain things all through our life. We've been, things have been spoken over us uh, directly and indirectly. We've had experiences that we've told ourselves things about ourselves. I'm a failure. I can't do that. And we've accepted lie after lie that's become part of the way that we think automatically. And then like that elephant, if we're not careful, we can be chained to a small world, a restricted world, simply because our mind has been locked into things that aren't the truth. All right, so I want to I help us understand then what happens when you become a Christian. 
When you give your life to God, and at the end of this service, I'm going to give an opportunity for people to say, I want God to come into my life. So many people think that when we give our lives to God, this is what's happening. We come, we look around, we go, whoa, look at all these people. They've got their life together. Uh, so, so often people go, oh, I couldn't really fit here. I couldn't live within the restrictions that these guys live in. Uh, I couldn't quite be as happy. I've tried to be a better person, but it, uh, but it didn't work. And so often people think that Christianity is about a conforming to an external standard. Oh, I've got to go to church once a week. I can't, you know, the old days, can't smoke, can't chew, can't go with girls that do. That's what people used to say back in the, back in the 70s, okay? Uh, and so I, I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't give these things up. I'm having too much fun doing these things. Or I, could, I, I don't have the power to change. Or I don't want to be that kind of people. People think that being a Christian is all about behavior modification. But Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's about an internal transformation. It's about a moment when we accept God, Son, and the gift of salvation, and something happens. We become a brand new person. If you went to New South Wales to births, deaths, and marriages, and you looked up the name Danielle Pierce, actually, if you looked up the name Danielle Marie Grant, which she was before we married, you would, you would find that on the 12th of the 1st in 1973 in the Penrith Hospital in New South Wales, this beautiful little girl was born to, to Clyde Raymond Grant and Blanche Grant. And if you're watching, hello, mum. Uh, uh, so you would see that she was born to these people. She became a human being on that day and her name is registered there. She was born with a human spirit, with a human soul and a physical human body. Body, three parts that's who we are that's who she was born now at some point in her life as a young child she heard the message of Christianity realized that she's separated from God spiritually and the only way to become get right with God is to ask for forgiveness and to put her faith in Jesus Christ she prayed that as a what were you babe six-year-old five seven-year-old she prayed that simple prayer and in that moment she didn't get a ticket to being trying hard to be a new person in that moment she became spiritually a brand new person a new creation so if I took you to heaven right now and we walked up to heaven just like there's a births deaths and marriages in New South Wales I'd take you up and go oh here's the book of life let's look her up she's changed her name now she got an upgrade anyway we'll move on from that she's uh she, she, well, we'd go there and we'd look up Danielle Marie Pierce 12th of the first I'm getting heckled now stay I'll come over here uh, Danielle Marie Pierce and uh, uh, 12th of the first 1973 was a huge human birth date but there would be a spiritual birth date because her name's been entered into the spiritual book of life that's the record of her birth and it's and when she gets to heaven God's gonna go Danielle Marie Pierce look her up Pierce it's towards the back and I look her up and I'll go here she is in 1979 on such and such a day she prayed a prayer inviting Christ into her life asking to be forgiven of sins she became and she got born again into heaven she became a citizen of heaven in that moment she didn't get she didn't get the here's the 20 rules you've got to follow and one day you'll be in she was born again in a moment a transformation in a moment, a new creation in a moment, a new self-identity that Jesus Christ literally came and made her born again. This is why I love it. 
I see so many people make that decision every week. And what happens remarkably in that moment is people, when they make that decision, there's an instant change. It's not just a, oh, that was nice. There's an instant change. And it's different for everyone. But some people go, when I prayed that prayer from my heart and gave my life to Christ, this peace that I just have never had filled my heart. Lots of people say in that moment, I, I, I felt lonely and rejected and suddenly a warmth of a love washed over my soul. Why is that? Brand new person. Some people have said in that moment, I used to swear like a trooper. I've tried to stop for years. And in that moment, I just suddenly, I had no desire to swear anymore. It just left me. I used to smoke for years and I wanted to stop, but I didn't have the willpower. And then suddenly in that moment, I stopped. Why? new person other people are like the stopping swearing thing took me about three years that's a different journey okay whatever but here we go instant change because you become a new creation a brand new person i did some research about this and i've spoken about this in our church about what they call uh, about the transformation that happens with organ transfers and so often with organ transfers they they call it cellular memory and so I've researched about many times when someone gets a new, a new organ, a new heart, a new liver, then there are certain parts that, that are with the old person's um, skills or, or preferences or desires get transferred through the cellular memory of that organ. Oh, let me just read you one example. This is crazy. Amy Tippins, uh, she had a, a liver transplant at 17 years old. Suddenly, Amy develops cravings for hamburgers, which she never liked. Straight after the surgery, suddenly Amy acquired complex do-it-yourself hardware skills. Suddenly, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad moment for me. Uh, I tell Danielle that you can, either, you can either have one or two things, complex hardware skills or a romantic streak. You can't have both. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true, but that's what I'm going for right now. Okay, that's, that's how I'm playing it. Anyone with me today? All right, okay. So whether that's true or not, anyway, suddenly she becomes really good with hardware skills and a keen sense of civic duty. She gets a liver and they find out who is your donor. The donor was a U.S. Marshal who, who died in an accident. He loved working with his hands and building projects. His favorite food was hamburgers. And, and of course, he loved serving his community as a U.S. Marshal. With this brand new liver transplant came new desires and cravings, new skills, a new outlook on life for someone. And to me, I, I understand what that works like in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. When you become born again, you get the DNA of Jesus Christ. You get the cravings of Jesus Christ. You get the skills. You get brand new gifts. You are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You get gifts when you get born again. You, you get um, desires. You, there, there's all these different things that are wound up inside of your new spiritual person, your inner man. You are, the Bible tells us you are in Christ now. 
If I was to take a branch and graft it into a tree, then I would say that that branch is in that tree and what's in that tree is now going to flow out into that branch because it's now in the tree. And you and I have been grafted into a relationship with Jesus Christ. What's in Him is yours. And He has, there's a full access. There's, there's so many things that's now in your new spiritual DNA when you've given your life to Christ. But here's the problem. If you don't know it, it's there. But just like the elephant, I spend my life walking around in this little circle because I've always thought, I'm going to be poor. I'm going to be sick. I'm inferior. My mind is telling me it's not what's true, but my mind is telling me I'm not good enough for that. I'm not significant enough for this. I'm not going to be able to step out and make a difference. And my mind has been programmed a certain way, but I want to tell you today, it's time for a new selfie image. And this is how you get a new selfie image. You get a new selfie image. Let's have a look uh, here at James chapter 1, verse 23 and 24. Oh, you're going to love this. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror and he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. If anyone's a hearer of the word, the Bible... I want to tell you this. The Bible now is the new mirror for who you and I are spiritually in Christ. And so right now, if you want a new self-image, you've got to start to look in the mirror. Take your selfie. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Apparently, if you tilt your head to the side when you're taking a selfie, you automatically look about 15% better. Just, just, just helping you out here today. So, so you, you get these scriptures and you open up Galatians 2 verse 20 and you'd say, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives inside of me. That's, that's, that's the new reality for me. I, when he was crucified, spiritually, I was crucified. Uh, here we go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation that's my new self-image I'm a new creation I'm a brand new person and if I've, got to, I've got to start to let that sink into my mind to catch up with the spiritual transformation that has happened on the inside otherwise I've, I've got superhero powers with Christ on the inside but I'm not even aware of them and I'm not even using them so I've got to turn to the Word of God and begin to understand, what am I now in Jesus Christ? When, and we understand this. When Jesus went to the cross, everything He did was to take stuff off us, to set us free from shame, to set us free from betrayal, to set us free from torment, to set us free from false accusations, to set us free from torture, to set us free from abuse, to set us free from sickness, to set us free from all of these things, the power of sin. Everything he went through was to break the power of things that used to control us, but now they don't because we're a new creation on the inside. And here's, so here's how it works. Simply, this is how it works. We go, okay, God, uh, I, I would say, get one scripture. Just find out one new truth about you. I would, you know, here's one. Uh, I've got one on, I write these little cards. Where did I put this? I write these little cards. Did I drop it? Uh, here it is. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is on my wall at home. I pray this lots of mornings. I, I'll go through different seasons and I'll go, I want to realize that I'm a new creation. You're not the old you. So when the devil comes to tell you your past, you're a loser, your, your, your sins disqualify you, you just go, oh, new selfie image. If anyone is in Christ, that's me. I'm a new creation. That stuff's been forgiven and been dealt with. Let me tell you how it's worked for me. Uh, growing up in a Christian home, and I'm so grateful for growing up in a Christian home. Uh, one of the things, though, that I developed, not through anyone else's fault, but my own fault, and if you, in, you grew up in a religious environment, you might be able to relate to this. I developed what I would call a guilt consciousness. So I'd come to pray, but I would be immediately conscious and more aware of my guilt than God's grace. And so I'd begin, to come and be, I'd begin to pray in the morning and have my quiet time. And immediately my mind is saying, you don't measure up. You're not good enough. Quickly do a, do a mental thing of all the things you've done wrong because you can own, if you get those things right, then you might be accepted by God. And it leads you to, ha to works. If you fast this much, if you pray this much, and you'll end up feeling like I can never do quite enough to, to, to justify God to make myself feel good enough and then I realized that's a lie because in Christ I'm, I'm different so I've, I got a scripture just like that one 2 Corinthians 5 21 for he who made him who knew no sin that's Jesus to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him so I just began to change my daily prayer simply and to change my confession because if you want to know how to renew your mind you renew your mind through this little baby your tongue your tongue is the rudder of the of the ship of your life and so if you want to renew your mind speaking god's word over and over will reprogram your mind you repent of the wrong beliefs i've accepted these wrong beliefs lord i've i repent that i've i've thought of myself as guilty where you've made me free i'm really sorry we break the power of that and then i speak the word of god i am the righteousness of god in christ uh, so, you know, I would say three months each morning speaking one scripture. God, I thank you that I'm holy in Christ. I am righteous in Christ. I am guilt-free in Christ. When you look at me because Jesus is my, and I'm one with him. When you look at me, you see perfection and holiness. Now, yeah, I've, in my soul, I've done stuff and I need to get it right, but that's not my blockage to God. I've got to move from being guilt conscious to being grace conscious that I am righteous with Him. One shift. The difference in that one shift of renewing my mind when I begin to pray and come into God's presence, instead of immediately going to all the things I've done wrong and I don't measure up, it's like, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you, I'm holy. Thank you, I'm perfect in Christ. Thank you, I'm righteous in Christ. That one thing's a game changer. Well, you start to add what he says about your physical body in terms of healing, what he says about your finances, what he says about your past, what he says about shame. When you start to add those things, you'll find one scripture at a time, one moment at a time. God will renew your mind to line up with what he's done on the inside. And suddenly, as we look into this thing, the word of God will realize we've got so much promises from heaven that we can walk into if only we can start to renew our mind to line up with what God says. Am I helping anybody here this morning? Can we get a keyboardist come up?
right now. To help you out, I'm not sure if we've got any of these left, but we've got uh, uh, at the service desk, we've got this brochure called Confessions of an Overcomer. And it's just got stacks of scriptures about different areas. If you're like, where do I start? I need, a, I need a scripture so that I don't feel guilty. It's in there. I need a scripture so that I know who I am as a new creation. It's in there. You can grab one today if there's some left at the service desk or we'll get some more printed. But make it part of your daily life to speak God's word and renew your mind. Can we close our eyes and pray? Father, I thank you for your presence here. Lord, we're sorry for the lies that we've believed about ourselves and about you. For every person in this room who's been born again, we have so much in Christ. I'm asking that you'd help us to understand our identity, who we've been transformed to be. Break the lies of the enemy off our thinking. In Jesus' name. Lord, we'll know the truth, Jesus, and your truth will set us free. Lord, you've got great promises about us and about our future. We want to latch onto those promises so they become automatic part of our thinking. So I'm praying for people right now. Help us to know who we are. Help us to get it into our soul, into our mind. In your mighty name, amen, amen. God bless you, church. God bless you as you discover your new self-image. Thank you, church.